Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, in our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them high up on a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So, uh, this is the last Sunday of Epiphany. So it's our last Sunday to kind of be epiphed and enlightened about who Jesus is before we head into Lent and uh, Wednesday that starts. And so this Sunday is kind of the culmination of what started Christmas morning. We've been learning these last six weeks or so about who this baby Jesus is and why he came and who he's going to be for us. And it all culminates on this Sunday of transfiguration on a mountaintop, of course, where Jesus appears to us and to his disciples as one totally transfigured in dazzling white clothes and is undoubtedly divine. So this day is supposed to tell us huge theological things about Jesus, huge things about who he is. He's bigger than Moses. He's more, more prophet than Elijah. He is the son of God. He is more than just a mortal. Huge, huge stuff. But for me, Transfiguration Sunday has always been much simpler. It's simply about the disciples wanting to stay on a mountaintop where things are awesome and good. And Jesus says to them, no, you can't stay here. If you truly want to see the dazzling face of God and what I'm all about, 
you got to head back down into the valley below. It has always been about this to me because of what comes next in the gospel reading. And if you have been here to hear me preach on Transfiguration Sunday, you are going to remember, probably, maybe, not that, not that my sermons are always that memorable, but you'll probably remember that I have asked you several years now in a row to get out your Bibles so that you could see what comes next in the text, so that you could understand why I always have to talk about how this is about coming down off the mountain. And I always end by reading with you what comes next. That's how I end the sermon. And we're going to do that again. But we're not going to do it at the end of the sermon. We're going to do it right now. So I'm going to invite you to grab a Bible. And because all of you are using the exact same Bible as me, you can go to page 896. Matthew 17 is what we read for the gospel today, the transfiguration. Matthew 17 on page 896. And so you see, you see those little titles put in, the transfiguration. And you heard me say earlier where Peter says to Jesus there at verse 4, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let's make tents so we can live up here forever. It doesn't happen. They come down the mountain on verse 9. And then you skip down to verse 14 and you see exactly why they came down the mountain. When they came to the crowd, a man said to them, a man came to them rather, knelt before them and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly and often falls into the fire and into the water. Do you see why transfiguration is all about not staying on mountaintops? Because there is a child in the valley down below that needs healing. And if they're going to stay up on that mountaintop forever where it is great and glorious and good, no healing is going to happen down in the valley. This is the part of the story that has always been so important to me to tell on Transfiguration Sunday. So I never leave it out. I preach about it year after year. And initially, this year was going to be no different for me. I even have the best little story to illustrate what it looks like to come down off your mountaintops and help someone in the valley. And it was just a silly little story because I really felt like laughing today, so I am gonna, I'm just going to go ahead and tell it. It's about my brother-in-law, Bob. So Bob grew up the baby, the very late baby, of uh, five brothers and sisters. And he had one of those fathers that wouldn't let you get up from the table until you cleaned your plate. Do you guys have one of those? And Bob was usually pretty good at cleaning up his plate. He's still pretty good at cleaning up his plate. But one night for dinner, his mom put a giant helping of canned spinach I know, gross, right? Why do they even can spinach? I don't even understand it. Anyway, and seven-year-old Bob took a bite, and he instantly welled up with tears. 
because he knew this was awful stuff, and he knew he was going to have to stay there and eat it. So he asks, please, please, this one time, can I just get up and not finish this? And of course, his father says, no. And soon, everyone else, including his four older brothers and sisters, get up from their empty plates, and they leave little Bob sitting there in the pit and valley of spinach, Hours seem to pass by. And then out of nowhere, his oldest brother comes into the kitchen, puts his finger up to his lips, and takes a big heaping bite of it. And then he leaves just as silently. And then a few minutes later, his other brother comes in and does the same thing. And then to his absolute shock, both his sisters come in and take big heaping bites. And as Bob sat there and watched his spinach disappear, he said he knew for the first time in his young life that there was a God. (laughs) That's what it looks like to go down in the valley to help a brother in need. That was the point of my sermon this week. That's how we were going to end. Go eat spinach for your brothers and sisters. But what I realized this week is that all these years, I have preached to you from the perspective of one who's on the mountaintop, who needs to be told to get down. Never one in the valley. It's always been from the vantage point of someone who sees beyond a shadow of a doubt the glory of Jesus and wants nothing more than to stay there. I preach from that perspective because, quite honestly, that is so often where I find myself, on mountaintops. Faith, truth be told, has always come easy to me. It really has. I have my doubts, but it's always been there. Life has been hard, but mostly it's been good. I've never really been poor. I've never hungered. And loss has been heartbreaking but manageable. And I've also preached from the perspective of someone standing on the mountaintop because it is hard for me to admit that even in the midst of this good life that there are still pretty deep valleys that I get myself into. Whether by my own fault or by the world just getting me down there because there's stuff going on. I don't think I'm the only one. And it is especially hard for many of us to admit that we are the one in the valley because we are trained by the devil, by this culture, to not allow ourselves to admit that things are rough if we can see someone else has it worse, right? perspective. Rather than admit that we are in the valley and it's hard down here, we shame ourselves for complaining. Or we convince ourselves that it's selfish to ask for prayers when someone else has it so much worse. So we don't cry out for help when we're sick or hurting or sinning. 
And we don't seek true repentance when we're lost because it's not as bad as what someone else has going on, so I'll just deal with it. And I am here to tell you this transfiguration to stop it. Stop. Stop denying your valleys. Stop denying that you need help, that you need prayers, that even though things are worse for someone else, you still need Jesus to come down to where you're at and get you. Stop using perspective all the time. That's what I want to talk about today. The valleys. Maybe you're not in one right now. Praise God for that. But for those of you who are, let me remind you that Jesus never once told someone who was hurting or sick or sinning that they needed to keep things in perspective because someone else has it worse. Not once. Instead, every encounter actually saw Jesus see the person in the valley. He acknowledges that they're there. And then he goes and gets down there with them. He drank from the same well that the sinful woman was drinking from. He sat at the table of the tax collector and ate his food. He touched the skin of the leper. He knelt beside the bed of a dying woman. He wept with sisters. He went among the tombs to fight off demons that were attacking a guy. Having perspective about your condition absolutely can be helpful when it comes to having a better attitude, 100%. That's true. But it is not nearly as transformative as being healed and helped and held when you're in the valley. And that's why Jesus goes down there with us. And that's why Transfiguration Sunday isn't just about mountaintops. It's also about trying to give you hope that Jesus is a cross-bearing, mountain-descending healer who comes to the help of his people. So call out for it. Shout to the heavens that you're in need. And trust that Jesus will come with his disciples to bring you hope and healing. And listen, sometimes the shouting that we need to do from these valleys doesn't have to be all that loud. Sometimes when we're crying out to Jesus for help, we're actually just needing to shout to the table next to us where our friend is sitting. So here's the story I want to share with you today. As many of you know, our uh, last Sunday, our sister in Christ, Judy Dixon, sat down to breakfast with her friends, and within a few moments, she passed away. Now, if you are new at Faith and you never got a chance to meet Judy, I'm sorry, because she was just great. She was just wonderful. But she sat down to breakfast with her friends, and then she was gone. But what you might not know about this story of Judy's last moments is this. You might not know what she did right before she sat down to breakfast. She saw a man at the next table over, and she remembered that a few days before, He was in a valley, and he was bold enough to ask for prayers for his son who was receiving cancer treatments. 
So she went over to him and said, you know what, I'm going to church today, and I want to pray for your son, but I need to know his name. And the son says his name is Jeffrey. And she says, well, I will pray. Only then did she go and sit down at the table with her friends. In those last precious moments, Jesus sent Judy down into the valley to see to a neighbor's need, to make sure that a son gets prayed for. That is what it looks like when we reach out from help, for help from the valleys and Jesus answers. That's how determined he is to get to us. He uses every last possible moment so ask for prayers. Shout out for help. Take the hands that are in front of you, grasp onto them with all your might. Listen for words of comfort. Don't deny your valley. Jesus is coming down from the mountain today, and he's coming for you. Amen. most valuable message we have to share at faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit Faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you, and I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Mm -hmm.